Welcome one and all to the greatest wrestling show on the planet as hosted by your wily veterans, Will Macklin and Braden Mayhew, as well as the next generation cohorts, the Beast from BC, Alec Miski, and the man they call Gibby, Zach McGibbon. This is Wrestling with Idea. Welcome back, one and all, to Wrestling with Ideas. We are live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And before we get into usual Raw review, Zach McGiven had the chance to uh, talk to WWE Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts with an exclusive interview on uh, basically his career and uh, an upcoming uh, Yuck Yucks comedy show that's going to be here in the city of Ottawa not too long away, actually. Yeah, he uh, was... Certainly an interesting interview. It was very nerve-wracking. You can already hear the nerves in my voice having to play the interview over the air, but uh, it was a great interview, uh, in my opinion, and uh, it should be uh, very interesting. Uh, He said some not-so-PG things, so it's going to be... A very interesting thing. Of course, it's censored. But uh, Zach had some heavy edits to do. And, uh, <laughs> but it, it was certainly a great interview, and uh, there's only one thing I have to say. I don't even know if that's PG! Welcome into Wrestling With Ideas. I am Zach McGibbon. Alongside me is Alec Miski. We have on the line a very, very special guest. He is the innovator of the DDT. He is one of the best, I'd say, to ever do the dark promo and he is wwe hall of famer we have on the line jake the snake roberts how are you doing today Jake? doing great man how about you guys uh, i'm feeling fantastic we're glad to have you on here for uh, wrestling with ideas no problem man i'm mean, looking forward to it so let's do something crazy all right i can't wait to get things started and uh so i just want to get one quick question out of the way uh, with the recent sure. announcement of uh brett hart having prostate cancer uh, have you been in yeah, any contact right. with uh brett hart recently no i haven't you know i did uh, put a word out there for him you know uh, i understand that his older brother also has cancer so uh he's certainly uh facing some tough times but you know i believe in brett uh i believe that you know that he can fight through this thing. You know it's about it's about making a decision to fight. You know, uh, cancer's not a game. I went through my little stint with it, and uh, you know you got you just got to face it, man, and then get in there and start swinging. And that's the only way to do it. And, uh, and of course, you got it helps if you have the right oncologist to work with. But uh, I'm sure he's going to get proper care. And uh, looking forward to hearing him say he's got the all clear. Yeah, me too. And uh, is is if there's any advice you could give to Bret Hart as he tries to uh, battle through prostate cancer, what would it be? Oh yeah, stay positive, man. Stay positive, you know, because it does get scary, man. You know, sometimes you'll be alone, you'll start thinking, and uh, the old mind will take you someplace you don't really need to be, you know. And uh, uh, if the, if the world was run by what ifs, we'd all be in a lot of trouble, you know. And uh, you just can't be negative, and you just got to keep swinging, like I said. He'll do fine, man. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just want to go into your uh, early uh, WWF career, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. And sure. And uh, just uh, one question here. First, how, how did the Jake the Snake Roberts name uh, come up? Was there any influence into the name? Well, I always had that name, you know. I came up with that, that character myself, and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was around long before he had the WWF, WWF at the time. And, um, you know, carrying a snake was something I'd always wanted to do, but I'd never been allowed to. Um, most promoters, uh, uh, one comes to mind, Bill Watts, said, you know, this isn't a damn circus. You know, what the hell do you think you're doing? Well, I guess it is a circus now, isn't it? Yeah, that absolutely sounds like uh, Bill Watt. Just yeah. another an- another thing, uh, it's noted that you actually did not win any titles in the WWF. Were there any storylines mm-hmm. at all while you were there to win any sort of title, like the Intercontinental title or even a tag team title? I have no idea. You know, titles are not something that you need. If you, know, if you don't have to have them, it's better to do without them. You know, uh, some guys need it. You know, if you, if you think about the reason for titles, it's pretty simple. They're trying to make a star out of somebody. 
Well, I've been a star long before I ever got to WWF. And, uh, you know, I didn't need uh, a title around my waist to, to raise me to that level. And uh, there were some people that needed titles. You know, um, that's just the way it is. So for me to carry one around, are you serious? I've got a damn 100-pound snake. I got all my wrestling gear. Do I really want to carry a title too? I don't think so. Yeah, that 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 certainly makes sense. I mean, it, I mean, it must be uh, hard to having to carry a snake onto the plane, and while also having to carry. Oh, it was a pain in the butt, man. You have <laughs> no idea what it was dealing with that. You know, night in and night out. You know, and uh, taking it to the hotel rooms, uh, getting up to use the restroom three o'clock in the morning. You got to worry about the damn snake being in the bathroom and. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Not, you know, people, people have no idea what I suffered with, man. And, uh, you know, I said, that was just part of the character, you know? Guess if I'd been smart, I'd been Billy the Bug instead of Jake the Snake, you know? Because the Bug would have been much simpler to carry around and wouldn't have been barely as invasive and uh, wouldn't have caused me the problems that Snake did. Because he, uh, he certainly made my night, my nights... Uh, an adventure, you know, like I said, you know, use your restroom with the snakes in there. So, okay, what are you going to do here? You know, you trust him. I mean, you got your, you got your family jewels out there in front of him, you know, and, uh, or maybe you got to sit down to, uh, relieve yourself and, uh, the snakes wrapped around the toilet. Okay. Well, that's going to make this more fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a bed of roses, man. And, uh, you know, that's not to mention, what if you got a girl with you? She's not going to go in that bathroom with a damn snake in there. She's going to make you move the snake. Well, that kind of interrupts the whole flow of things, probably. But, uh, you know, uh, the snake was a great thing, man. Uh, part of the character, part of the mystery, part of the fear. And I used it, and uh, I worked hard with it. But uh, it was certainly a liability, too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I speaking of the snake, uh, I want to uh, go into one of your feuds, which is one of my personal favorite feuds, uh, your feud with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And uh, right. one, one of the most memorable moments has to be when uh, Savage was bitten by the King Cobra. Was that all planned? Like, was the snakes really oh, yeah. supposed to bite? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was planned. And, uh, you know, what people don't know is, is that Randy made the snake bite me first in the back before he would let it, allow it to bite him on stage. Uh, he, uh, he was uh, concerned that maybe it wasn't de-venomized and uh, there might be poison going through that snake and that I might be lighting him up trying to take his title from him, which I thought it was just, you know, are you insane? Randy was insane, but are you crazy, man? He's like, well, if there's not a problem, man, won't you let it bite you first? Yeah, that's a good idea. So I had to um, get the cobra out and let it latch onto my leg for, you know, a bit. And then uh, once the snake released, I had to sit there and make sure I didn't take no anti-serum or what have you to uh, satisfy Randy's curiosity. So um, once we did that, then he was all about going out there and doing it. But uh, that's definitely one of my favorite moments of my career uh, when that snake sunk his fangs into the nice fangs of the cobras don't have fangs, they have teeth. But uh, when he was chewing on Randy's arm, that was certainly a high for me and certainly something that I revisit quite often. Hi, Jake. I'm just wondering, um, like, how hard was it to work with snakes in the ring and in promos? Oh, it, was a, it was a pain in the butt, man, uh, especially doing promos. Because they were always, oh, get the snake out. You know, it, it's hard enough to do a great promo anyway. But to have a 15-foot snake tugging on you and pulling on you and pushing on you and trying to bite you or or defecating on you or pissing on you, you know, it, it's kind of distracting, you know. And uh, not to mention that it'll wear you out. Um, those things just don't lay up on your shoulders and... Uh, you know, take care of you. <laughs> you know, they're trying to get away from you or get on you or, or, or rap on you. Once they rap on you, they start squeezing. Look out, you can get in trouble there. Um, no, it was a pain in the butt, man. So uh, very seldom that I do interviews with the snake out. 
but it um, it really it really was hard to stay focused and uh, to stay on point. And uh, I always valued the interview time and always uh, respected um, the time that was used, and I always tried to make the most of it. So uh, very seldom did you see me with the snake out. I just uh, I didn't agree to it. And uh, we, we mentioned earlier about Macho Man uh, Randy Savage. What was it like uh, working with the Macho Man? Well, it was never boring. I'll tell you that. Uh, Randy was a different character. He was wound pretty tight. Um, we had some problems in the ring because, uh, you know, after I slapped Elizabeth and all that, you know, he had not told her family about the business side of wrestling. So they were taking everything and going to the bank with it, as, as that's in stone, which we all know that there's a business side to wrestling, and these aren't what they seem to be. But uh, Randy and, and not telling them, they were making a lot of demands on Randy to do something about me, which uh, sort of, short of being killed would not have been enough for them. They, they thought that I should have been killed for ever touching Elizabeth, and I'm sure there are a lot of fans that felt that way, but are we really going to take it that far? So Randy was pretty angry at times when he'd get in the ring because he'd be given a hard time on the phone by the, by the family or maybe even by Elizabeth. I don't know for sure. But um, he would come out there with an extra gear about his work and... Uh, I would just have to, to hang on to him and let him slow down, let him get tired. Then once he got tired, we can go back to doing some business. But um, I enjoyed wrestling Randy. I uh, enjoyed doing the promos with Randy because he's so funny. Uh, to me, he was funny. But, um, his interviews were were lacking in a lot of ways. Uh, he was pretty, um, I don't know, man. He was just a little slow, you know, <laughs> I love the guy to death, man, but I could chew him up on interviews any night and day with my eyes closed. But uh, being in the ring with him and competing with him was a treat. And we both we both did very well any time we got in the ring together, whether it be Saturday night's main event or Tuesday in Texas or wherever we did it. So um, it was a plus. And one of the greatest compliments I ever had was uh, from Randy's father, uh, Angelo Poffo came to me um, after uh, the match uh, on uh, NBC. So that's the greatest match Randy ever had. And I just appreciate you taking him through it, Jake. And uh, so that was that was quite a compliment, you know. It really was. Uh, just to touch on your promo work, uh, to me, you're one of the people that really revolutionized how promos were done. And I'm just wondering, how much control did you mm -hmm. have over the content and direction of them? Complete. Complete. Uh, nobody got in my way. Uh, you know, it's pretty funny. Back in the day, we were having to do 60, 70 promos anytime TV was there. And uh, that's a lot of promos, man, when you're talking a minute and a half to three minutes each. Um, this is back in the day when they were doing promos for each town individually. And uh, if you were there, you had to do a set of nine. So that's a lot of promos, and uh, a lot of guys had a hard time with it. Uh, me, I made a game out of it. You know, I I just did silly stuff. You know, I, I challenged the uh, the TV guys to, hey, give me a word, and I'll make a promo out of it, whether it be spaghetti. Well, I'm the meatballs of your spaghetti or whatever. Just, just rattle stuff off. A lot of guys were challenged by that, but uh, to me it was just a game. You know, there's some guys that would do one promo and it would take them 45 minutes to get one promo out. Well, that's not good if you got 50 or 60 of them to do, you know. And uh, I, my nickname to the TV guys was One Take Jake. Um, they said, you, know, you, you can go right through 50 or 60 interviews and never have to redo one. How is that? Well, nobody knows that you're making a mistake except for you, so... Roll with what you got, you know, and uh, uh, just, you know, some guys try to memorize stuff, do a promo. The, the second you start trying to memorize everything, man, you've lost. You've truly lost because you're not going to get the character involved in it. You're not going to get 
the meaning behind it in it. Uh, you're just going to be reciting words. And we all know that when you put athletes out there and you expect them to recite 25, 30 words, you know, you're going to have problems. But uh, one take Jake was out there to have fun, and I certainly enjoyed it, and I always tried to get my point across. So I think I was pretty successful for the most part. And, uh, yeah, very interesting story there. And uh, I want to skip ahead uh, just a little bit to over to uh, King of the Ring 1996. Um, that was when you faced uh, Aust- Steve Austin in the final, and he had that uh, very famous promo, the Austin 316 promo. Did, were you aware of the contents of the promo? Like, did you know that oh, kind yeah. of promo was going to happen? Yeah. yeah, I think they really missed the boat, though. You know, I whenever Steve hit me with that, I was like, cool, man, let's go with it, you know, because... Uh, it was a good thing, you know. Help put him on the mat, and uh, certainly did. It was, certainly was a knock knock on my my religious beliefs or at all. In fact, it brought it to the forefront. You know, uh, I always felt they missed the boat because uh, after you know Austin three sixteen, they should have came out with Austin's Ten Commandments. You know, number one being Thou shalt not kill unless thou art pissed. Uh, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife unless she's really hot. Uh, I saw honor thy mother and father and listen. You know, we could have made a whole lot of money with t-shirts like that. That's a great story. And uh, I want to skip ahead a little more over into uh, 2006. And you actually did uh, some work with TNA, helping out with the Hardcore Battle Royal with the Abyss and all that. And what what was it like working uh, in TNA at the time? Uh, minor league. You know, it was... Uh, I didn't really have a very good time at all. It basically was for the cash involved. Uh, it was a step down, a step backwards, uh, whatever you want to call it. It is what it is. Uh, TNA will never be at the level WWE is. Um, you know, it, it's a joke to really say them in the same sentence as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's a shame because... Uh, Competition is great for business, and I think that if we look back in the history books, uh, when when uh, Turner and those guys were giving uh, WWE a hard time back in, um, well, I forgot what years they were, but uh, that that forces everybody to, to lift their game a bit, you know, and it forces the athletes to lift their game a bit, and it gets, gives different people the opportunity to, to get out there because they're... You know, when you're down, you're looking for the answer. Um, that's certainly how Steve Austin got his break. Um, I know when I was there, and um, Austin came in as the ring leaker, ring, what was he, the ring? Master, the ring master. Ring, yeah, ring master, whatever. What a joke that was, you know, and uh, having somebody else talk to him and DiBiase, that was a complete waste. And, uh, you know, the Vince McMahon's uh, look on Steve Austin at the time was, well, he'll be a good second or third match. And uh, I, at the time, was helping write television. I said, Vince, you're wrong. That guy's going to be your next superstar. And he's like, there's no way in hell. Well, that's what we did the King of the Ring thing and uh, lifted him up a little bit here, a little bit there. Back then, Steve was uh, confiding in me several times weekly, and I would help him with his matches and help him with his interviews, and uh, certainly glad I did it. Um Steve Austin was one of those guys that, uh, you know, it, it took him it took him a little bit longer to get established, but once he became established, he was solid as a rock. And uh, uh, there's a lot of guys that go through their careers and never get that opportunity like Steve did. And uh, I'd like to think that I was a big part of him getting that opportunity and him making good on it. Uh, I know I, I helped raise him to another level. That's the reason I went out there and did what I did. And uh, I would gladly do it again because uh, I think if you look at that era when Austin was, you know, on top and uh, making things happen, it was certainly a good time for the WWE and a great time for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just going back uh, to that new generation era, what was it like working with uh, top guys like Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels? A real pain in the ass. Uh, you know, writing television with those guys involved, it was um, it was ridiculous. Uh, I think my statement to Vince was, uh, you're letting the inmates run the asylum. Uh, it was, um, 
It was ridiculous. It really was. And both those guys ought to be ashamed of the way they behaved and acted. Um, again, uh, that's what happens. Sometimes you give some people rope and they'll hang themselves. Well, those two damn guys should have hung themselves because uh, just the way they carried on with each other and uh, the way they handled their business was uh, really piss poor. And, uh, you know, those weren't uh, great times at the box office either. Well, remember, you know, uh, some of the worst, uh, the leanest years were while those guys were in that big spot. And, uh, you know, I, I love Brett to death, and um, Sean and I spent a lot of time together. Um, I had a lot, I had a little bit to do with Sean's character getting over. Uh, I was the guy that came up with the idea of, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sean has left the building, which used to really piss the people off, you know, just stop a match or whatever and then make that announcement like it was some big deal. Uh, it was quite funny, but, uh, you know, you, you got to get in people's head, and that's what I was trying to do, and uh, I did it. But, uh, you know, those guys worked their butts off. There's no doubt about that. But uh, really, to, to behave like two, two school children um, on the playground, you know, as far as uh, dropping titles and all that, really, come on, man, give me a break. I, we've heard that uh, big heat between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. It took oh, a, lo- it was, a long, long time tough. to get it resolved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous when you got writers sitting around a table waiting to write something, and uh, you're having to get their permission to write. Are you serious? You know, if it had been me, I'd have fired both of them some of bitches and let it go at that. We'll move over to uh, modern-day WWE then. Uh, were, if you were ever offered a uh, position as a trainer in NXT for promos mm-hmm. or anything like that, would, mm-hmm. you ever, would you ever consider it? Certainly. Certainly I would consider it. Whether I'd do it or not, that's another thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm 60 years old, man, and I'm pretty, uh, pretty set in my ways and what I believe and uh, how I believe things should be done. And uh, Vince, on the other hand, has got his idea of the way things should be done. Triple H has got his idea of the way things should be done. And um, when you put us all on a big hat, mine don't matter much because I don't own the company. So I don't know if it would work. I would certainly voice my opinion, and my opinion might get me in trouble. Um, Having said that... um, if I had the opportunity, I would love to do something with Bray Wyatt. Uh, I think I'm a, just an automatic fit for him. And I have talked to Bray about doing something, and uh, we would love to do something. Whether it happens, I don't think it will. But that's all right. I did challenge him this last year to a uh, strippers pole match, and I think that would have been very interesting at WrestleMania. That would have been a very entertaining match to watch, certainly indeed. And uh, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned uh, a couple of years ago that uh, when you were going through your recovery with DDP, mm-hmm. that uh, you wanted to wrestle in the Royal Rumble. Is that still yeah. is that still a goal for you at this point? Yeah, I would like to try next year. Uh, this year, of course, is gone, but uh, I couldn't have done it this year anyway because I was just getting over the hip replacement. But uh, the hip is coming along fine, and I'm getting myself back into the shape that I want to be. Uh, I think next uh, next year would be the year. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a full shot of uh, let's go, let's try it, and uh, be in the best shape of my life of uh, this next year's Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. But gosh, it sure would be good one last time. I just don't know if the world's ready for it. But uh, if they're not ready for that, how in the hell can the people in Ottawa be ready for me at Yuck Yucks, huh? Well, I tell you, I was in Ottawa before, and I really enjoyed myself while I was there. I'm going to get a chance to go out and look at some of the country around and check out some of the architecture there in town, too. But I am looking forward to uh, performing at Yuck Yucks again. Expect full houses both both nights, and uh, so you better grab your tickets as soon as you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly a can't-miss event, and uh, just one last quick thing before we let you off. Yep. Uh, would you be willing to do a promo for uh, Wrestling With Ideas? Sure. 
Sweets, go go on ahead. You guys ready? Yep, bears. This is Jake the Steak Roberts. You know what you're listening to, don't you? Yeah, wrestling with ideas. Here's one idea for sure, though. You don't play with snakes. If you do, you get bit. Absolutely awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to do an interview with us. Again, you're going to be at uh, Yuck Yucks February 23rd and 24th, and you have a documentary out. Is that correct? Yeah, documentary is out and doing real well. It's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. And within the next three months, my book will be out. So look out, folks. Just when you thought it was safe to go out at night, Jake's still there. Awesome, man. Uh, We'll let you go. Thanks again for doing this interview with us. All right, take care. And uh, let me tell you, that was super awesome to do. Uh, that was such a great interview. Uh, it was very insightful, man. Very, very uh, in, in-depth interview talking about, you know, his time in the New Generation era and all that and uh, his time in the 80s and, uh, and learning stuff about him uh, now. And uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we're back, we're going to go through Raw. It's probably going to be pretty short. We're mostly going to be talking about the big Daniel Bryan retirement, so... Big stuff, a little bit of raw review just after a quick commercial break. Ottawa! Don't you dare be sour. Put your hands together and clap for your world-famous best wrestling show on the planet and feel the power! It's Wrestling With Ideas! Yes, it is! This show rocks. This show rocks. This show rocks. Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling With Ideas. Um, Zach with an amazing interview with Jake the Snake Roberts. Quite the, uh, the one of uh, the second guests to have on the show this year so far. Yeah. Big, big stuff. And, of course, big news in the world of wrestling as well. We had Raw last night. Mm-hmm. And the main news coming out of it is Daniel Bryan's retirement. He is uh, effectively done with pro wrestling, at least for a few years. I don't know if it's a thing to kind of get out of his WWE contract and he'll go wrestle somewhere else after he's uh, done with them. But as of now, we are not going to be seeing him competing anymore. That's it. Yeah. And uh, it's it's shocking news. I I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of mixed emotions about it. Like, I'm kind of shocked that I'm not going to see him perform again. But at the same time, I expected him to retire anyway. Yeah. You know, I've seen his retirement coming. It's yeah. one of those things. It's like it's, a weird gray area. It's very, uh, his his retirement has really been essentially dangling on a little stick and has been teased by the fans quite a bit for the past, I'd say, two years, honestly. I almost expected him to announce that his neck was so bad he couldn't even go in the Royal. Remember when he made his announcement that he was going to be in the Royal Rumble yeah. last year? I almost thought I was expecting the... Uh, the announcement you then, thought, to be you, honest, yeah. yeah, because because it was just the way it was all presented and the way it was, you know, it, it, people people thought that for sure, like Brian was done, and uh, obviously we don't want to wish anybody's career to be, you know, finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I think he's just doing what's best for his family and all that. I mean, and, and you could definitely not fault him for that. I mean, he he had a very very impressive career for himself for what he was able to do uh, in the past couple of years. So. Absolutely. So anyway, Raw opened up with, um, they were in Washington, by the way, so quite the uh, the Brian atmosphere. And Stephanie came out and she was talking about the people who were going to be involved in the triple threat match. It was Mm -hmm. a little segment where Brock, uh, Ambrose, and Reigns were all out to sign the contract for the main event of Fastlane. Mm A little bit of uh, tomfoolery here. Um, The two kind of egged Brock on. He beat them up, threw a table at Roman, laid Ambrose out with an F5, and kind of left every one of them laying. After that, we had the first match of Raw, which was Kevin Owens against Dolph Ziggler for I, what I believe is the third match in a row yes. in three weeks. And Ziggler has won two of them. He kind of, yeah. And the well, way the he, second one, I, I, again, I'll give him credit. You know what I mean? He, 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 it was a cheap win. This but, was an extremely cheap victory. Yeah, I, I, I found that finish to be poorly executed. My God. It could have been a lot more snug. No, I'm not going to lie. Like, but it was like he, he went into the corner of the ropes. He had his feet in the corner of the ropes. And the referee saw this right in front of him. And still counted the pin and anyway. And still counted the pin. He said, screw the rules, this is the finish. <laughs> it was, oh, I saw that, I was like, what are you doing, so, referee? Dolph pinned the heel with his feet on the ropes. Yep. You gotta love when the baby faces out-heel the heels. <laughs> out there are, the heels. There are no heels or baby faces in this company anymore. So Ziggler wins, which is what I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think they're gonna have a blow-off match at Fastlane. And Owens is just going to kill him 
and yeah. that's going to be the end of it. Because I don't see Dolph this dragging on to WrestleMania. Impossible. No. Dolph will be in the Battle Royal. Owens will be against somebody way more significant on the Undertaker. We can hope. I hope it's Undertaker. I kind of hope so, too. Like, I, I think that match is its kind of like the only thing Undertaker can do. Yeah. To be honest. Please not Braun Strowman. If you're going to have Braun Strowman have his moment, please be the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And he can last eliminate Ziggler. Exactly. And yeah. he doesn't have to work too much in the match, and it doesn't expose how green he is. So put him in the Battle Royal, and he'll be fine. So Charlotte had a match where she made quick work of Alicia Fox and kind of puts her over as the Divas Champion. And I yeah. feel we're going to have a lot of these matches over the next few weeks. Um, pardon me, but when on earth did uh, Brie, did Brie Bella like recently win a match against Charlotte? Yes, she did. On SmackDown or last week's Raw? I think it was last week's Raw. Okay, so I was sleeping. Pinfall so that's how I missed that. win. So that's why she has a match at the pay-per-view now. Yep. Which I, at least, you know what? In all honesty, at least they're consistent. At least it's consistent. I, I agree. Because we've been we've been saying a bunch of times how somebody pins the champion and they get no title shot afterwards. At least she's getting one immediately. Yeah, exactly. Oh, or I mean, at least two weeks after I mean, she pinned the champion. I mean, it's not like she just pinned her and then decided, you know what? I'm not going to go for the title anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like at least yeah. they're going for the pin. Absolutely. And so that happened. And afterwards, um, we had the segment with... The Miz, and he was going to host Miz TV, and his special guest was none other than Chris Jericho. So Jericho comes out, makes fun of Miz, and tells him that he's actually hosting the highlight reel yep. with Miz as his guest, and completely takes it over, and they switch the set from... Uh, it or, does look like a better set, too. Oh, the highlight <laughs> reel definitely trumps Miz TV mm-hmm. in, like, every aspect. So Jericho's roadies, he referred to them as, took away all of Miz's stuff and put in Jericho props, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of banter around for a bit, and Miz talks about how... Jericho's loss to Styles has been eating him up for two weeks straight. He just yep. can't get it off his mind. And Jericho said he agreed, and uh, it caused a bit more of an argument. Then uh, AJ Styles actually came out, mm-hmm. and him and Jericho just kind of tossed Miz out like a jobber and kind of <laughs> ran away. And they have a face-off to what leads to their match um, on SmackDown yeah. this Thursday. and that should be They're a- really trying to bring SmackDown back into relevance. I've noticed well, that they do- like to do a lot of matches on Sci-Fi USA Network. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, it's got to be a little important. So that match is on Thursday. It actually gets taped tonight. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a little bit interesting, a little, little spoiler. If you want spoilers, they'll probably be up by about 11 o'clock tonight. So. Yeah, so uh, after you listen to this show, go check out the yeah, spoilers. Yeah, exactly. And so after this, we get a little bit of a look at of what happened in the contract signing in the opening segment. And then Bray Wyatt and Ryback, they have a match. My boy Ryback. And your boy Ryback just getting destroyed by Wyatts every week, it seems. Yeah, taking the Goldberg chance. Not only did Bray beat him, but the Wyatts basically killed him after the match. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I decided to uh, work my gimmick of being a Ryback fan on Twitter. Ryback Mark. I am the Ryback Mark. Feed me Marks. And uh, I was on Twitter, and uh, let's just say I said that uh, it's good that Ryback is being called Goldberg, because at least Goldberg was a megastar. Boy, the reaction I got. I'm was, sure it was very warm. Oh, it was very very enlightening. I, I had to tell people, it's a gimmick. I'm working a gimmick. It's all part of the show. How long have I been supporting Ryback? Yeah, well, I've known you for nearly like a year and a half now, yeah. and for that year and a half, you have been, Yeah, so, so you know. I have been continuing this for a year and a half, and it seems to be entertaining people, so. When did you found your podcast before getting uh, doing this? Oh, man, that was two years ago now. Were you a Ryback Mark then? Uh, I wasn't as big of a mark for Ryback as I am now. So you've only been really playing it up for a year and a half. Yeah. Okay, so it's, that's fair. It's it, all for the benefit of broadcast radio. Exactly. <laughs> for the benefit of for the benefit theater of, those of the theater of the mind, good sir. <laughs> oh, so man. after this, uh, we had a pretty well. Titus O'Neil and Adam Rose had a match, and Rose won, but nobody really cares. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess I was, su- I was kind of surprised because I thought Titus O'Neil was going to just roll over. I mean, if Titus can roll over Stardust, you would expect him to roll over Adam Rose. But Rose is with the Social Outcasts, and they so seem it's to, okay. They seem to want to <laughs> do something with them, so it's fine. I do like the Social Outcasts. I mean, they're so different that it's all unique. They're goofy. They're, they're goofy. They're goofy, and 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 I do dig dig them as a stable. It's just uh, I don't know where they're going uh, afterwards. Like at all, eh? Yeah, it's just it's very weird. Very much so. And after that, we got a really cool segment, at least till the end of it. Uh, Dean Ambrose came out, and uh, he talked about uh, 
how he wanted to face Brock Lesnar again, how an F5 is supposed to keep him down and it didn't. Yes. Where is Brock now, he said. Low and, blow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, instant low blow. Uh, well, it wasn't instant. Basically, Brock ends up coming out after Dean taunts him for what felt like 10 minutes. Brock circles the ring like a big, vicious ape, and he gets in the ring. And actually, no, he he made it. He circled the ring once, and then Dean jumped at yeah. him. And he because kind that's of, what you do with a big beast like Brock Lesnar. You, you jump just go at the, right at you him. jump at the vicious animal. So Brock kind of catches him, beats him up for a while, brings him back in the ring, hits an immediate F five, goes to leave, and Ambrose gets back to his feet and eggs Brock to get back in the ring. He's like, I'm not down, big guy. No, get back in here. So Brock goes and close lines the heck out of him like two times until Roman Reigns can no longer see his friend get beat up, and he comes down. And he looks at Brock from the ring apron because he can't quite enter the ring because he's nope. a little too scared. And then uh, Dean hits stamina, just like yeah. a rumble. Dean hits a low blow on Brock, and that's the payoff is a low blow to the heel or the babyface giving uh, another babyface a low blow. Yeah. I don't really understand that. To be I, honest. I mean, I guess we, I guess we know what his weakness is now, Brock Lesnar. And well, yeah, I, Undertaker blows. first, and then now Dean. Yeah. So that's. Uh, Certainly, he cannot take a low blow, that's no. for sure. So uh, we found his weakness, and uh, they should exploit that weakness until Lesnar gets beat cleanly, finally. And we got a cool little tag match, except for the, who went over here. The Lucha Dragons, since Sin Cara is now cleared to return to action, yep. he teamed up with uh, Kalisto, who's now the United States champion, and they took on Rusev and Alberto Del Rio, and the the League of Nations has their own theme in Titantron yep. now. Which I found to be uh, They've had a funny a little touch. They've actually had it for a while. I just it's, haven't noticed it. You I just guess. haven't noticed it. It just blends into the background. It just everything about them is just so just like the into original the League of Nations. This is bound to fail. Yeah. So unfortunately, the babyface team failed here. Yep. Del Rio getting the win with "I want to be Finn Balor" finishing move, <laughs> the double foot stomp, and I don't know. It just bugs me that you have. Whoever the dumb face is has to stay in that position and look up at Del Rio to take it. And they stay there for so long. It yeah. takes so long to set up. It's like, why don't you just duck down when he goes <laughs> to hit you? I know he has to hit you because that's the finish, but oh, I don't know. It just it takes so long to well, set up. Well, you see, it, in terms of wrestling kayfabe, yeah. the blood can rush to your head when And I guess you get a little down. dazed and you and stay there for a while. And you try to look up and see where this guy's coming from. And all of a sudden you see two size 11 feet from Alberto Del Rio stomping down on your chest. Yeah, and it's effectively what happened here. Uh, Becky Lynch and Tamina had a match, and it kind of continued Sasha Banks' babyface turn. She was on commentary for it. And she ended up, uh, I guess, getting it, uh, involved. And then Naomi and her kind of had a brief brawl on the outside, and uh, she got taken out. And then this distracted Becky, who then turned into a huge super kick from Tamina and lost. And it just keeps continuing that storyline going. Apparently, those two are going to take on Tamina and Naomi at mm-hmm. uh, Fastlane, so that should be interesting. Because Sasha's not really a full babyface yet. She no. still has heelish characteristics. She's a tweener. Yeah, she's, a tweener. she's tweening right now. Yeah. So it'll be... Um, she's still over, but she's a tweener. Exactly. So, then after that, we had, I guess, the, the final match of the night. Um, New Day were able to convince Mark Henry to join their team, which was hilarious. And they took on the team of the Usos and the Dudleys. And um, then the good guys ended up winning. Yep. Uh, the Dudleys put Biggie through a table to win. And after the match, the Dudleys turned heel. Yes. They attacked the, uh, I think they put. Jimmy through the... They put a Uso. They put an Uso. They put flying Uso <laughs> to the table, Michael. flying Uso, Michael. And uh, got much cheers for this because everybody just hates the Usos. And I, yep. we, I talked to a few people tonight. And I'm not the only one who's bored of them. Uh, apparently, the crowd was not. Is yeah, it, neither was the crowd. The crowd wasn't buying them either. Yeah. Well, I the crowd has. Say, everybody's kind of turned on the Usos, though, haven't they? Like, yeah. I think it's just they've been playing the same gimmick for a couple of years now. It's 2013, honestly. And so it's like they want to see something different. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the same thing with Cena. He's been playing the same thing for a long time. And they're like, I don't think a heel turn is necessarily in store for them. I think they just need to add a new dimension yeah. to the character. Because right now, the same old, you know, uh, Uso dance and then turns into a rap song and then fly Uso, you know. It's a fly Uso, Michael. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's not working for them right now. So the ending segment is actually Daniel Bryan's retirement. So that kind of ties into our final 
segment for the show. So we're going to go and talk about his retirement speech, our favorite Brian moments, and even the question of the week just after this uh, final quick commercial break. So we'll talk about Brian then. Wrestling Butria with ideas machka. Ah! I have come here to crush you! Yes, the Rusev theme bringing us back on Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. And, uh, again, big news in the world of wrestling. Daniel Bryan's retirement was announced yesterday. He was able to do a little segment to have a big send-off for his career. And in doing so, we have the question of the week from Simon Zimmerman, our weekly question man. Yep. And he asks, well, first he mentions, my favorite Daniel Bryan moment was the night after Punk, Ryder, and he all won championships at WWTLC. There was yep. an event back at the end of 2011. Yep. Hearing the pop that they got gave me chills. What was your favorite d moment? My favorite Daniel Bryan moment when he lost in 18 seconds to shit. No. Not that one. Um, I mean, you could have maybe a good reason that it was such a bad decision that it really did. It was a catalyst to him getting over. No, but uh, my favorite Daniel Bryan moment, if we're talking specifically WWE. I'm thinking he is, so. Okay. Specifically WWE, um, I I really think the WrestleMania 31 was just. I would agree. The WrestleMania 31 was just. The whole night was him. But it's just such a simple answer, but it was just. The way that was just executed, and the way that the story portrayed itself, and the way it just, brilliant it was, it was beautifully done. I mean, that like people, you know, crap all over the WWE creative a lot of times, but that night they really got it right. I think they only kind of crap on them because it wasn't kind of their full time plan. Like you knew they kind of just put that together because they oh, had I know. to. But, but it for was what still, they had to do, I, I will say that that angle was the last one to have me fully invested. Like. I've never wanted a guy to win the championship more than him I, I on was this off, pay-per-view. I was off my seat. From I SummerSlam was... to that, it was just the biggest payoff to the fans yeah. ever. And it was and just you felt so, so good. good. It was so good. And like it, it, it's that moment of reward for wrestling fans where they finally get to see their top baby face. This is how you book a baby face. He's their guy. You push him. You... Kind of take things away from him, make them want him to achieve more. You have put him fail obstacles a bit, in his way, but then eventually bit. he overcomes them and wins, and that's it's how you so, get a guy over. It's so basic in concept, as you mentioned. You put obstacles in front of the baby face. He has to overcome them to finally reach that ultimate goal that everybody wants to, do, and that's which means in the way he has to fail sometimes too. Because exactly, if, if like, you're you winning all perfect. the time, yeah. there's no obstacle. Unless the obstacle, unless you're going to be the obstacle for the other guy, if you're like an unstoppable heel on a winning streak, you're bound to be the obstacle for a big baby face. And on that's the rise, what they're tra- yeah. That's without- what they're trying to do with Lesnar, which has not uh, worked out in the favor for Roman Reigns, only because he has not, you know, progressed as much a as want, as a performer. He's a good in-ring guy. I think he's good. He's like, good, like he on a really his, good night. When, when he has a really good night, he will perform four-star matches. He will. It's just you got you can't rely His character on the fact. isn't developed. He's not over to the level of such a push. He is reaching Lex Luger levels right now, and it's very very scary. I compare he's him actually, more to Diesel. I was just going to say he's yeah. actually I think he's actually a combination of Lex Luger and Diesel, but Diesel at least was somewhat wanted by the fans even though he it was the worst drawing period. Like it's it's very hard now to see you know, yeah. See, see, see. Roman Reigns be really genuinely accepted by fans, except that one night when he beat Sheamus for the title. But going back to Brian, going back to Brian, because this is obviously so Daniel Bryan movie. finished off uh, last night's episode of Raw, and he came out and talked basically about his retirement. And uh, the first thing that I noticed, and it was because he also got leaked in a picture, but I just have to bring it up here. He got a haircut. Yep, and a big beard trim. And now the Looks reason much better. I miss that whole Jesus look he had going on. I mean, I I may share it myself, and it's like like that yeah. kinship of people who have long hair and a beard. But I think just I mean for you it works really well, but for but for Daniel Bryan it's just it's very odd on him to me. Really, and yeah. I thought it was a great look for him. But anyway, he uh, he actually donated his hair to yeah. um, for so kids with cancer who so needed for the wigs and. That's really nice of him. Like yeah. it's, he's that he's that type of guy that's very charitable gentleman. He's 
very much uh, for the environment and all that yep. kind of stuff, you know, clean eating and, and all that. So he came out and explained that, and he talked about how basically he did a recent test about a week ago, and he got the results back that kind of were what he wasn't quite expecting, and it's because of that that he's kind of debating on if he wants to wrestle again, and it's why he decided to announce his retirement. Now, I don't know if that's true, and it's just because WWE is refusing to clear him if he actually did have a test that happened, because I could see this being a thing where he just doesn't have to perform for them. He can kind of go home for a while and kind of stay and get paid his like last three years and then yeah. leave or whatever. But uh, maybe maybe he did because um, he did seem mm-hmm. like... It seemed pretty genuine. It seemed pretty genuine, and I, I don't I s- know if he'd be the type of guy who would just go back on his word and no, wrestle after I, it's that, just, right? I still think, though, that there's there's a part of me that still thinks that he's retiring from WWE, mm-hmm. and he's going to be back on the indie circuit, but then I realize three years down the line, he's going to be 37, 38. That's, yeah, and that's, he's not you're gonna pushing be, 40 at and that he's point. Not, and he's not going to be in the ring. and like That's how much longer his contract is expected, as per rumors. And they've frozen his contract because of the injury. So he's going to be 37, 38. He's, set, he's had a ton of concussions. Remember like, what he mentioned? Like, a much uh, more, like yeah, yeah. yeah. He mentioned had, the, uh, I think it was like three within... Six months. Six, a six-month period in his first year or two yeah. of wrestling. At 18, at 18. At 18 years old. Like he's Less a fanta- than 20. Like fantastic wrestler. But like Eve, even with his toned-down style in WWE, I mean, he mm-hmm. had to like... I mean, he had he he was still like, as 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 he said in his promo, remembering how he do- dove through the ropes, and it, it, it's just like I went back and I decided to look back at his old Reign of Honor stuff, and I was very impressed with his matches with uh, Nigel McGuinness, Morishima. There were many Kenta, Kenta, Kenta. Back, oh, that was a great match, and uh, there's still one dream match I would love to see him do. That's uh, the angle. Angle match, angle match, and uh, at WrestleMania, and I think that's now all but over. Well, Kurt's pretty well done too. It seems like yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be wrestling much. I think either. I think he still has a plan to wrestle one more time for WWE. Kurt, Kurt, yeah, I think so. Um, it's just he's got to pass the physical, and that doesn't seem and that's going to be very, very, <laughs> very hard likely. for Kurt Angle. Um, but. It, that that dream match has passed. As a, as a guy who's a fan of independent wrestling, um, I would love to see him. Uh, I would I, w- I would love to see him face off against Zack Saber Jr. Like just maybe Brian or Kurt? Daniel Bryan. Yeah, facing Zack Saber Jr. He was he's one of the top. I'd say you know guys in the company, and uh, or rather not in the company, uh, all the Indies right now who's really been lighting it up as of uh, recently and i think if, if, if brian is able to work because obviously there's the doctors there's the doctors that are saying you know there's still that he could still wrestle if he's somehow able to get out of his wwe contract early and zach saber jr you know doesn't come back uh, or rather doesn't go to the wwe i would really love to see that match just once I, on any wrestling promotion, it could be some random, you know, indie promotion, and uh, I would still be so interested to see that match. There's, there's still a ton of dream matches, and unfortunately, obviously, he's retired. He's retired from WWE, so it hurts his chances. Um, but uh, again, there's still for almost 40 years, the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario has been providing excellent care to kids in our community. In fact, I wouldn't be speaking to you right now if Chio had not been there for me 36 years ago. Having been born weighing less than three pounds, I spent the first two months of my life at Chio living in an incubator. Chio treated me through years of surgeries and countless doctor's visits. Without Chio, thousands of people just like me would not be alive today. Please donate to Chio so that all kids can have a fighting chance. The chance to go back and uh, wrestle for WWE, we apologize for that. Uh, just a little bit of a tech issue. But yeah, it would be really nice if we could see if, if Daniel Bryan is able to go back onto the indies, work something. So. Just anything. And Zack Sabre Jr. would probably be a guy he'd like to work with. I'm sure he's already seen some of Zack's work, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And it's a guy he's probably had pegged and probably thinking, oh, man, I would if only to... this didn't happen to me, and I could work with a, this guy. And he's not a very aggressive worker either, Zack Sabre Jr. Like, he's mm-hmm. not like strong style wrestling where it's like every impact you really feel. He's very technical. He knows how to, you know, 
he, he knows how to work with guys so that they don't get hurt, but it still looks painful, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it'd be awesome to see, but again, it's just me, you know, daydreaming and Enjoy. Hoping for the best. Hoping well. for the best. And you know what? I, I, I Like, this is just me dreaming. Of course I want to see Daniel Bryan, you know, in good health. Because I want to see him, you know, be happy with his life and all that. It's just, it's the wrestling fan in me that wants to see him, you know, dream. Wants, wants to see him come back. And that's just, that's just it. And uh, it's just been an unbelievable career for Bryan. We're all going to miss him very, very much. I mean, I wasn't quite ready to say goodbye to him i, I wanted really at least one was. more good wrestlemania match and it's uh that ladder match will be the last ma- match he ever works for for wrestlemania and uh i believe a match against sheamus not too long after that will go down as his last wwe match ever imagine that hey eh? the, the thing that would have ever thought that the thing that uh, that many say catapulted his career uh, was sheamus was also the one who had his final match with sheamus and so it's, of, of course by the way no, Sheamus was not the one who ended his career. Okay, I see. I'm seeing this on Twitter. It's similar to the thing with the Rey Mysterio deal with uh, Pero Aguayo. It, it's. I mean, let's 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 hold off on that. And also, yeah. also another thing. Uh, a lot of people were thinking it's a work. I and people were still adamant it was a work, even when Triple H went on Facebook and said that he was an A plus player. It's breaking character. That's there. That's okay. breaking character. Big I'm time. Like, I'm like, come on. That like this is legitimate now. So, so sad news, but we hope to he'll have a nice, happy, healthy rest of his life, and uh, you don't want to see anybody get paralyzed or Absolutely. have too much brain trauma in their life. So, a good call by him. And uh, that's it for wrestling with ideas for Zach McGibbon and for me. Uh, that's gonna be it until next Tuesday night at nine. You can catch us every week on Wrestling with Ideas. Thank you for tuning in to Wrestling With Ideas. We are the greatest wrestling show on the planet and air every Tuesday night at 9. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. That's at WrestlingWIdeas and Facebook.com slash Ideas. And also check out our previous episodes on Podomatic, which includes exclusive interviews with talents from across the wrestling world.